Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. The left wing is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023, with Luke Fitzgerald and Will Slattery joined by Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris looking ahead to the Rugby World Cup semi-finals, with Ireland potentially playing for a World Cup final place. Tickets priced from 29.90, including booking fee, and are on sale now. Go to Ticketmaster.ie for more. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, Ireland are back in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. They'll play New Zealand here next Saturday evening after their 36 points to 14 win over Scotland to top their pool. Lads, what an impressive first half performance in particular that was from Ireland yeah yeah um we called for a strong start we wanted to see them do what they did in New Zealand what they did in Cardiff and they they produced it now they didn't double down on an attack they doubled down on offense that in defense they scored early but then Scotland threw everything they had at them like everything they had and Ireland stayed standing their defensive performance was superb that the 18 phase 18, 18 or 19 phase set on their own well it started on their own goal line and finished on the edge of the 22 when they won was it won a penalty or forced to knock on I yeah Caelan Doris yeah, I think Doris, yeah. Yeah. forced to knock yeah. on it was a uh, it was a remarkable um, period and you could see them just breaking the Scots as they went and um, a really depressing night for Scottish rugby and you know the press conference with Gregor Townsend there was very downbeat and he said that Irish Ireland and the way Irish rugby is set up could dominate rugby for between five and ten years depending on yeah. who was yeah. listening best uh, but, five uh, to ten I'm standing I heard five or six but uh, <laughs> it was you know he said Ireland are one of the two favourites for this tournament he was very effusive in his praise and they now march on to face New Zealand in a rematch of the, the quarter final from four years ago and they've got a very good chance of, of going all the way based on what we've seen but they still have to do what they did from South Africa into this game dust themselves down analyse it see what went right see what went wrong and perform next weekend which they've never done well, apart from 1991, but in modern times, Ireland have never performed in a World Cup quarterfinal. 
it's 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 a stain on the record of Irish rugby. It's time to change that. Well, Andy Farrell said there's more to come from this team as well. Yeah, and we're just out of the mix zone, and I've been chatting to a couple of different players. I mean, Caelan Doris is basically saying that um, he doesn't think that he's played anywhere near his best at this World Cup as well, and that he said that that's a feeling that's shared among several players in the squad. And this has kind of been my sense all along that you do have guys like that. I thought Caelan Doris, by the way, was Immense. exceptional defensively. I think he made 22 tackles. Josh van der Fleer made 21, and then when you look at how well Peter O'Mahony played on his 100 cap like the line out was immaculate they won all of their line outs Ian Henderson obviously a key part of that but that's the attitude that's in this squad at the moment they don't feel like individually and collectively they've hit anywhere near their peak and this is a point that we were making during the week that guys like Caelan Doris don't have the, the, the baggage of previous teams and there's a fearlessness there amongst them I mean they're going to be playing New Zealand next week and you see Bowden Barrett has already come out and basically said that like they want to play Ireland they want another crack at them like I mean this has never happened in in the history, really, where Ireland will be going into that game as favourites, you'd imagine. So, uh, very encouraging. I thought the opening 40 minutes, um, I know Scotland were poor, but that was as good as Ireland have played, I think, in a while in, in that opening 40 minutes. Uh, like Rod mentioned, the, the 18 phases that they had, but the way they unpicked the Scottish defence, I mean, they had a couple of set-piece moves uh, that were just exceptional. Ringrose, like, ending up playing on the wing, Jameson Gibson Park playing on the wing. It actually reminded me of Murrayfield a little bit yeah, earlier yeah. this year in the adversity. Um, Gibson Park was brilliant on the wing as well. So um, it just shows you how, like, how seamlessly guys are able to slot into positions. Stuart McCloskey was saying he was running on the wing in training this week as well. So clearly they're preparing for all eventualities. You would hope that uh, the two wingers, James Lowe and Mac Hansen, are going to be fit for next week because they are so important to everything that Ireland do. And that was probably the the kind of the black mark on the night really was the injuries to James Ryan as well. So um, hopefully they come through over the next few days because they're three key players. Yeah, so James Ryan, uh, his wrist, uh, James Lowe, Got yeah, it looked like Ty Byrne. Put, put I, a finger I think in the it looked eye. like Ty Byrne got his finger in his eye, yeah, which is just friendly fire, a real freak thing. Like so Yeah, and then Mac Hansen, obviously the HIA and then the calf, and obviously we will find out more on them, and then we also have to find out about Robbie Henshaw. But uh, Gregor Townsend said as well afterwards, when you give them entries in the twenty two, they're very good with coming away with the points. They were ruthless at times tonight. They really were. Um it was the best attacking performance I think they've put together in this World Cup. I think in each of the games previous to this, they were they had moments where they let the opposition off the hook and they would have been frustrated by them. I know they ran up big scores against Romania and Tonga. Um, South Africa defended brilliantly against them, but there were moments where they really could have been more accurate and they could have delivered the, the scores. And that's what they did tonight, while also maintaining their defensive standards. I know the two tries during the second half will annoy them. Um, and that's something they can work on in midweek. And I do think they tired as the game went on. I think that game took a lot out Jack of Jack Conan said that afterwards, yeah, he was... Yeah, it was It was worrying. Well, I don't know if worrying. I mean, New Zealand have an eight-day turn or a nine-day turnaround from a fairly facile win over Uruguay having hammered Italy and really haven't had a proper test since France. So there's a little bit of... There will be fatigue early in the week. There will be... They won't be able to train as hard early in the week as New Zealand will. So they're playing a bit of catch-up in that regard. And I, I just... I think they, they left an awful lot of emotion and... I guess even you know the the detail and the precision that sorry, the concentration that's required to deliver with that precision does take it out of the players and you know they brought on the bench early and even the bench players are starting to look to flag a little bit. That that's a really good point because I mean this is maybe a consequence of Andy Farrell going so strong throughout the tournament. I mean if you were to sit down and rack up like certain guys' minutes, um, they're through the roof and that's been like you can't really argue with that because Ireland are going into the World Cup quarter final with huge momentum behind them, but they have a lot of game time under their belt. But maybe that's the way to go because. 
because in previous years maybe they would have been rested a little bit more clearly that didn't pay off in quarterfinals and something had to change so maybe that is but I, I do agree with you Rod I think you could see it towards the end the defensive line was all over the place guys were absolutely flagging guys who are super fit Gary Ringrose at one stage looked like he was about to dropped to his knees almost now obviously he had put in a huge shift it was kind of humid and stuff out there as well but he's played an awful amount of rugby at this world cup as well but i would still prefer to to have that going into a quarter final rather than guys kind of playing a little bit of catch up yeah it does feel like the the page is quickly uh, turning quickly to the quarter final here's what johnny sexton and you asked as well uh, rory about uh, um asked a question to andy farrell about uh, facing new zealand in the quarter final next week <laughs> Very happy. Um, you know, sometimes when you know in the back of your mind, you, you've got a different permutations with if you had one point, if you had two, if, you, if you're losing by, you know, all these different things. And we just needed to narrow the focus and say we're here to, to, to win the game and, and put in a performance to, to do that. So uh, very happy with, with the lads and um, we're exactly where we want to be now in terms of we won the pool um, and now we're into... The quarterfinal, and uh, you know, we always knew most likely play uh, France or New Zealand. Um, there's no easy, <laughs> there's no easy option there. Um, and now we've got New Zealand, so it'll be a, a very tough game. And I see that they were talking about revenge already and stuff like that. So it'll be a game they want, and um, you know, we need to be ready for it. Andy, it's um, well. Congratulations on tonight. It's um, history on the double on the line next week. It's a chance to go eighteen in a row, which only two teams have ever done in history, and it's a chance to go further than any Irish team has ever gone before the World Cup. What makes you think this team can make history next week? Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, and 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 neither do the team think that we've we, we've played a, a, our best rugby yet. Um, we know where we want to go and what we're trying to achieve. Will we ever get there? I, I don't know. But it's it's days like next week um, that that's coming where we we need to find out a little bit more about ourselves, and these lads are, are certainly willing to do that. <laughs> That was a good question, Rory, to Andy well, Farrell there. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done. What's rare is wonderful. Like, it, it is a significant week in the history of Irish rugby. If they win the game, they go and, be, you know, become joint with, sorry, the phrasing is very badly, they will equal England and New Zealand's record of 18 consecutive wins. And their list of the teams they've beaten is so, so impressive. But, you know, it's a pretty big one to, to round it off. Um, Ireland actually ended both of those wins, uh, winning runs against uh, against England and New Zealand in 16 and, eight and uh, 17. Um, it will be a significant moment, but even more significant, obviously, is the fact that it's a quarter-final. And, and while this is a new group and, and the players will talk about how they're not burdened by history, it will be a factor this week. We will be asking them about it. We're, we've already started. It's, it's our job to Gary do Keegan. so. Yeah, this is where Gary Keegan kicks in and where Andy Farrell kicks in in terms of... Even, he's already said it. He said, this is living, isn't it? That's right. Which was, a, a I thought, line, a brilliant yeah. line. I'm yeah. sure that's what he's saying to the players. This is where you want to be. And... I was reminded, I was talking to Dave Kilcoyne down in the mix zone there, and he would have been in that dressing room four years ago. This feels so different to when we were leaving. Was it Samoa and Fukuoka when they, they beat them well, but Bundy you just were off. not convinced. Yeah, well, even that was hanging over, but you just weren't convinced that they were in the right place, the right frame of mind, the right form to take on New Zealand, and so proved seven days later. They kind of convinced a lot of people by the end of the, that, that week that they could perform, but really there was it was all bluster, and, and they had nothing left in the performance, whereas this time... 
you would expect them to give it a right good shot and rattle New Zealand's cage you know, across an 80-minute performance. And they're good enough to beat them, as we know. So um, they're in a much better place. But there is a mental challenge. I mean, with that performance anxiety line that came out of the World Cup review four years ago, it's still there. I and mean, this is they've worked so hard to get to this point. It would be such a shame if they weren't able to actually go out there and deliver a big performance in, in the biggest moment of their careers. And then sets up another big moment a week later and then hopefully another one a week later because this team is capable of winning a World Cup but they've got to go and do it now. The fact that they've avoided France is is huge in my mind in the sense that next week is going to be like another home game for, for Ireland you'd imagine the support tonight was incredible like we were sitting here Sinead yesterday and James Lowe had said they heard 60,000 people and you were kind of thinking yeah. that that would have been a bit far-fetched really but it looked like there was at least 60,000 yeah, people um, absolutely insane support I mean Johnny Sexton made the point that he didn't think it could get any better than South Africa but it was up another level and like it's it's just an obvious fact that there aren't going to be as many Kiwis travelling from New Zealand to, to France next week and Irish fans just have a way of big borrowing and stealing and getting their hands on tickets obviously not stealing um, just for the, the lawyers I'm record, sure some record. Um, <laughs> but, but that is massive like that is massive 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 because if they were playing France it would obviously be a home game for France so it's going to feel like another home game next week I mean it Stade de France turned into an Irish disco at the end it you was had, they were I, bringing out all the hits yeah. they were but I, I do think that the players it was quite sedate I thought even a full time it was barely an arm raised. It wasn't like South Africa because it didn't come down to the final play, which felt like a massive moment. I thought it was interesting that Andy Farrell and Johnny Sexton both referenced the fact that they got a bit of pelters for celebrating that, uh, this win over South Africa. That got through to them. I thought. I, thought, I know you wrote it. Yeah, it was ridiculous that they did. Ridiculous. You know, it was a Nonsense, big win. Like, They're going around tanking the fans. It's really not a big deal. Like people are just, have nothing better to be doing than to, to be criticizing that stuff. But tonight they they did they did walk around the crowd and wave and, and meet their families and stuff. But it definitely wasn't over the top. It didn't. I didn't get a sense that they felt like they'd achieved something tonight that was a that was a step along the journey what, what they achieved tonight was what they had utter like they'd convinced themselves that they were going to do like there was no surprise element like everything that we talked about throughout the week the fast start the pack yeah. the pack absolutely destroyed that Scottish back the 5-2 I know they had a, sorry the 6-2 I know they had a couple of injuries but it was just a non-event in terms of like the bench the Irish bench came on I know they lost their way a little bit when, but when they initially came on like James Ryan was flying around Ronan Kelleher yeah. but Ireland did what we all expected them to do and that's kind of just business as normal you know and that, that gives me kind of like optimism I think going into a quarter final and it's why it does feel a little bit different I and think good to see the lineup back function again 100% success mm, and yep. Ian Henderson absolutely justifying his deci- the decision to start him I thought he was very good yeah like not spectacular but he got a try as well but the lineup was like perfect you know it did it was very I mean one in the second half that looked a little bit hairy but it was I mean Dan Sheen's throwing was exceptional a lot of it went to Peter Omani I, I thought you know just the timing all the stuff that they've been saying they're working on for the last while they keep saying they're not changing anything they could, they're not changing anything I mean, it must have been a big focus internally because you cannot beat the best teams sorry I was going to say you cannot beat Ireland did just beat South Africa yeah. with a line out although the way they figured it out was quite impressive but New Zealand will hunt them there they will throw up all of their big men they have a very good defensive line out that is an area that they will have identified and you know Joe Schmidt is there I know he's not the line out coach but he does have a finger in every pie when he's coaching a team and he will have done have the we only mentioned Joe Schmidt now have we yeah yeah. well I mean Joe Schmidt can't, can't scrummage for them and Tyrell Lomax is probably going to be out and he's their starting t- tight head prop so Greg Feek is another like key man he basically designed the Irish scrum didn't he like yeah. I mean, the, the role that he played 
trade in so many of these guys. So he's going to have a, a, a massive influence as well this week. But as we've been saying all along, I just don't think Andy Farrell, like, I mean, like when we were over in New Zealand last year, obviously we we're constantly asking him about Joe. He was going out meeting Joe Schmidt for coffee and stuff. He just doesn't, I'm, I don't know whether that will happen this week now in terms of World Cup quarterfinal, but I just can't see that kind of stuff getting in Andy Farrell's head. And if it's not in his head, I don't think it's going to be in the player's head. No, I don't think it's a, it's a mental factor necessarily. I just think Joe Schmidt will come up with something. Of course, and, and he would love... And like they were very good. The, the first night here, they created two unbelievable first phase tries. I mean, the Ardis of trip chip was a piece of innovative brilliance and Ireland just need to be able to roll with those punches in the way that France did on opening night and back themselves that across 80 minutes they can they can beat New Zealand but like we saw in the first test that if things go wrong I know Sexton was gone off um, I think I'm going to have to go back and watch all three tests now I know, tomorrow I know. Uh, you need to bring out like your New Zealand diaries as well yeah, from exactly, when you were there exactly. um, but, but it the, matters it, it, it absolutely oh, matters it, of it course is factor, it is but uh, the first test is also relevant it's oh, yeah, just yeah, relevant yeah. As, the, as the second and yeah. third because if you give New Zealand, you know, they are the team that can score from nothing and Will Jordan can cut you apart. We saw that in Dublin even when Ireland was so much better than them. What was that, in 17? Ireland was so much better than them but New Zealand went in ahead at halftime, I think, and it was, it was on the back of a try from nothing. One Irish mistake, a line-out went wrong but they, they are able to, to they, like no other team can hurt you from absolutely nothing. Now, they, they failed to score for almost 20 minutes against Uruguay on Friday with a pretty, on Thursday, with a really good team. So, I just don't think they're as good as they used to be. Look, we'll be talking about them all week but, um, it's there for Ireland if they if they can just put it together that performance that we know they can deliver. But Hanson and Lowe are big. Yeah. They are. They and are. Joe Schmidt would absolutely love nothing more than to get one over in Ireland. He absolutely would. I think he'd probably feel that maybe there's been a bit of disrespect kind of in hindsight. You know, like there's been, yeah, we can definitely get into it throughout the week because we're going to have so much to talk to. But he is definitely going to be fired up and he will have something like whether if it's a move or stuff. Yeah. And no one is underestimating New Zealand. I, like I, I, am, I, I am so excited. I've said about that they're, I said I reckon they're favourites, but I, it's a, it's a close to a 50 50 game, get, really. Like Joe can get a team a bit too wound up as well, as we've seen. Like, you know, if he's if he's too well enough for this game, that can infect the team as well and can and can cause cause a bit of a kind of a an anxiety or a stress. Whereas you can see from Ireland they're feeding off Farrell in the way that he like he just watching him during the warm up tonight. He just strolls from player to player having a chat. He's not involved. He's not you know, he just lets the assistants do their do their work. He has a little word with Connor Murray here, a little word with James Lowe there. He think he feels the work is done. He doesn't stress them out at all. Like they, they feed off his energy and that's look, that's taken him this far. Next week we could all be saying that oh they were too relaxed. I'm not, yeah, I know yeah. I know we, we we won't be, but they're um, it's it's such an interesting contrast in styles, and it's why we always keep coming back to it. But it's a big factor this week. It will be a big talking point. The Ian Foster thing. He's pretty banned. Scott Robertson for coming into coming to see his matches. So much to get stuck into. What a week to look for. The forward. show goes oh, on. Yeah. We're not going home yet. So come here. Anything else <laughs> from tonight, then lads? You know, we know Jameson Gibson Park can improvise in the wing. We know that uh, some guy control. <laughs> Sheehan over the bloody uh, advertising board did not get He did, he did well to get away with that. Yeah. Apparently the, the Irish players are already slagging Dan Sheehan about it. Though, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the comfort, I think it bears repeating, I know Keane touched on it earlier, the comfort with which Gary Ringrose and, and Jameson Gibson Park were able to play a second role. I mean, the idea that you can consume that much information, remember it, and then produce it under pressure like that. Like the way Ringrose contributed to the second try, I think it was, maybe it was the third try, the the, the kick that he put in to, to win the kick battle after a lovely piece of control in the, in the backfield and then to pop up. Touch. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Touch. and then to, to pop up in, his, in the right position at the right time to have the composure to, to throw the dummy and put Keenan away, I think my memory's not great. Um, Gibson was, Park did Gibson, something similar Gibson as well. Park, Just to work you know, to have the last carry in one move, get up to his feet, and we were watching him. Yeah. He, he tore away the whole way around and have the fitness. And we we're talking about him being tired to catch the ball, 
compose himself and give the, the, the try scoring pass to Dan Sheehan. The work rate that he put in out of position was phenomenal. Conor Murray comes on, does really well as well. So like Ireland have competition, they've got players playing well and they've got players who are adaptable. On that Gibson Park try, like in fairness, you had spotted it and you were like, watch, watch Gibson Park, yeah, watch yeah, Gibson Park yeah. and you did track him. Like that is what Mac Hansen does. You know what I mean? Like it was like watching Mac Hansen and like Rod said, it's remarkable. It shows the intelligence of the individual, but also the preparation that's going in behind the scenes that for a scrum half to be able to run the line of a winger that they clearly train on is is remarkable. It just shows that no stone is being left unturned for this shot at history next week. It feels it's only starting, lads, the World Cup in many ways. Well, it is really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of, you know, we've, we've had a lot of dross, a lot of games, not really in, in our, well, early on in Ireland's pool, but, you know, even over the weekend, I know Samoa ran... England close um, today, but you know, there's the world. The World Cup is too long and has a lot of games that don't really matter. Well, next Saturday and Sunday, we we're very lucky here. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the two semi-finals, two quarterfinals yeah, on yeah. this side of the draw. They should be semi-finals. The four best yes. teams in the world going up against each other here at the Stade de France. It's going to be absolutely epic, and we just hope that Ireland will be able to deliver a performance that that, that is worthy of of themselves. Because if they don't, they'll you know, it'll be such a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, before I go, um, just to remind you that the Left Wing Live Show is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October. Uh, Luke Fitzgerald, Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris will be there looking ahead to the World Cup semi-finals. Hopefully Ireland will be there too. Um, all the details on that uh, will be on Ticketmaster.ie. Okay. back. Big show, hitting yes. the big time. Yes, I'm telling you. The Left Wing goes big. Box. <laughs> I want one of those boxes at the side of the Olympia. Well, hopefully I just hope we're them. still here. Yeah, hopefully all. we're not going to be there because here. otherwise Something's gone drastically wrong if we're going to be in the Olympia on that date. So yeah, hopefully we'll be still here. Yeah, no, it should be a cracking show. It's five past one in the morning. we got to go and go to bed. But uh, thanks for listening. We'll have plenty more coming your way this week. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.